Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, happy Christmas, and welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing the Derby County podcast for our penultimate episode of 2023. And what an end to the year the Mighty Rams are having uh, with a seventh win in our last eight, leaving Paul One's Derby County still right in amongst it in the League One promotion picture. I uh, hope you all had a restful, relaxing, prosperous Christmas day with your families. Uh, it's Chris Parsons here for our latest episode and it's a belated Christmas present for us all because alongside me with plenty of festive cheer is Ollie Wright from Derby <laughs> County Blog. Feliz Navidad Feliz to you my Navidad. friend. Navidad. <laughs> That's probably as much as you need isn't it? But yeah no uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, although yeah Boxing Day recording which is a new one on me I have to say. I, I'd normally be uh Took it into an awful lot of uh, bitters probably by now, but uh, I've um, refrained on the basis that you don't really want to be sort of talking to the the boring guy at the pub who's already three pints in and uh, um, is convinced of his own righteousness. So I've uh, yeah, I've, I've I've laid off. Don't worry. So if I do sound like I'm convinced of my own self righteousness, it's just natural, not not the beer talking. Well, it's we're massively appreciative for you uh, joining us. I'll cut to the chase, Ollie. What was the uh, best thing you received this Christmas? I got a lot of chocolate this year, and um, I am a bit of a fiend for fudge. Um, for some reason, it just it's like, I don't know, it's like drugs to me, fudge. So um, everyone <laughs> knows that now, so I get like lots of fudge. So that should keep me going until at least... And I'm quite good at hoarding it as well, so I'll manage to keep that. That'll keep me going basically probably until about Valentine's Day, I think. You've, you've done well there. It's a, it's it's quite a key parenting skill, isn't it? Like hiding sweets from your own kids. Um, what's, <laughs> yes. What's your strategy? I just put them high up in the cupboards. To be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. Work. Well, for all that they are intense, they have an intense press. They do. They're high high intensity <laughs> press. Um, but they what they what they they've got the energy and the tenacity, um, but they don't have the height. So yes, absolutely. Get it on a high shelf, and uh, and you're all right. You just you've just got to no physical presence. Exactly, that's right. Uh, look, I've got big news. I am 
the proud owner of a leaf blower this year. Thank you very much. Uh, the, the the early midlife crisis is well and truly hitting. Um, <laughs> I, I was delighted with that. I'm, yeah. I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely made up. Well, happy days. Although to be fair, it will it won't really come into its own. I'm guessing until next autumn. So, but the sort of start of next season is when you'll be wielding it in anger, or will you be after the leaves, early doors? Well, there's there's, there's quite a large clump. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about football soon. Uh, there's uh, there's a there's a large clump outside my front drive. Um, but it's a leaf blower and vacuum. Wow. Is, is, is there anything it can't do? It's it's incredible. I, I for one am excited. Oh my gosh! I wonder how Paul Warren would react to uh, to find it out. I'm sure he he for some reason I just think he'd really like that. I don't know why. He's a leaf blower guy. I bet 100. Mm. He's a leaf I think blower so. guy. He loves I it. Think... I bet he loves a power tool. We'll have to find out one day. Um, <laughs> look, Wigan Athletic were uh, the Rams' latest victims. On this fine run of form, seen off 1-0 on Boxing Day at the DW. Um, a ground we've had quite a lot of um, good fortune out of recent years, if, if, if memory serves. And the winning goal came from Derby's very own Admirable Nelson. Big Curtis nodding in from a, uh, a first-half Tommy Barkhausen cross. Uh, a few five-word reviews of that game to kick off. What do you make of the game? Um, bit of a theme here. Just loads of people with some big love for Curtis Nelson and Aaron Cashin. Um, Sunil on X said Cashin departure could cause problems. Uh, Al Thomas said digging deep to maintain momentum. Robert De Silva said dominance, energetic, composed, defended one. Andrew Woodman said top two is in sight. Nikki B, a regular contributor on Five Word Reviews, said Curtis Nelson is a monster. Uh, AK said dug in superbly yet again. Tim West said should have scored more. Great result. And I'll leave you this one. I'll leave you to finish off. Uh, Piru on X, who's not getting not getting carried away in the slightest, said Nelson is the new Igor. What do you make of that one? <laughs> wow. Um, no, he's not. Um, I don't think anybody will ever be the, the next Igor. How, what would you have to do to be the next Igor? I, I, I can't get my head around that. I think um, you need to be more than just to head it and kick it centre-back in the third yeah, tier for a start. Yeah, you, well, I, well, I appreciate yeah. the sentiment. I appreciate the sentiment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Nelson, obviously, well, at the start of the season, it's funny, isn't it? Because at the start of the season, we had a really ropey little run of games where we just didn't look organised at all. And and uh, obviously, Warren tried to play a back three and it all looked very confused and obviously had to be changed pretty sharpish. He had to sort of make the big decision. Uh, and when it came to the big decision of dropping a centre back, it wasn't Nelson he dropped, it was Sonny Bradley, who was probably the, well, was the sort of marquee signing of the summer and was certainly the guy who came in with the most hype and the most expectation. Nelson came in very quietly, really. It was, you know, he's, he wasn't a big name or anything like that. It wasn't like Sonny's kind of profile. But I mean, I, I'd asked him, I've got a good Oxford friend, I asked him about him and he just said, I love him. And yeah, I can see why. It, it kind of very quickly became apparent why, because he's just so assured at the back, very calm, unruffled, um, very rare. Obviously, everybody makes mistakes, but he very rarely seems to put a foot or a head wrong. Composure, class, really good. Um you know, and alongside Aaron Cashin, those two, it just, you know, I don't want to put a, put a hex on them, but it just doesn't feel like they're ever going to concede a goal. Derby do currently have, and I, I feel I have to point this out, even though it usually jinxes us massively and we end up shipping goals left, right and centre. But we've got the best defence in the league in League One right now. 18 conceded 
from 22 games. And uh, going forward, as pointed out by uh, Alex um, uh, by Alex Harker on the SBW Discord, he, he, he made the point that right now, Ollie, we're one win away, averaging two points a game. And in almost every season, last season notwithstanding, that usually adds up to being in the top two or very close to it. Like You can't really ask much more of the players since the Stevenage defeat, can you, to be honest? I feel like for quite a long time, there's been a kind of feeling of, yeah, it's getting better, it's getting better, but we need something to make us believe a little bit. And hopefully this game, if we can back it up with a couple more positive results in the next two, which are absolutely biblical, massive games now, um, then I think we'll we'll go into the new year believing. Um, you know, I mean, to be on a run this good at any level is is very difficult. So, yeah, massive credit to everyone involved. I think defensively, as we've sort of touched upon, we, we've just tightened up really, really well. Joe Wildsmith doesn't really tend to have anything to do. Um, and then up front, you know, we've, we've, we're starting to show some quality signs, I think. I think there was some today, there was some lovely football, um, particularly in the first half, some nice one-touch little moves and into, into play. It was nice to see. And um, I think... It felt a far cry from the days when away fans were getting very cross and, and telling Paul Warren that his football was uh, not so good, shall we say. Um, you know, and those days feel like a long time ago. I remember, on, you know, I'm old enough to remember on social media po- people posting worn out and things like that. So um, it feels like that that kind of element has definitely been quite quiet of late, um, which is nice. I think overall, um, I still feel like Today today was a convincing win. It really was. I don't think Wigan were very good, um, but we were clearly better than them. And that's what we've wanted to see. We wanted to see a Derby County side really sort of throwing its weight around because we're a big fish at this level. And I think we all want to see us play like that and really dominate teams and and put up, you know, really sort of, you know, get on top of them. And that's what we did today. You know, that first 20 minutes that we don't, we never let them out. And I think... Well, no, at half time it was eight shots to nil. So that is to go away and, and restrict a team to to literally nothing is pretty good going. So yeah, I think this was a very impressive win today. Um, I know it was only one nil. I know we've won some four nils and three nils and stuff like that, and we could have made it easier for ourselves. Uh, I mean, Tom Bar- the, the the miss by Tom Barkays and right at the start of the second half, I still can't quite get my head around. But but overall, it was a. a of thoroughly merited three points and that's very very satisfying to say and coming on such a good run it, it really does build momentum a really interesting contrast as well to the the opening day when Wigan turned us over and a lot of people had Wigan down to you know to to be in amongst it even with the points deduction and we said a few times ourselves on the pods like old Derby are in exposition and they're still Wigan you know they could still they could still do something but like yeah for large parts of the game we look so superior to them today. But ha- having said all that, it was a very stressful last 20 minutes, wasn't it? Let's 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 have it right. It wasn't really the relaxing, uh, chilled, festive experience I was really hoping for on Boxing Day. Um, but th- there were those periods of play when it was just one of them where every header that Fozzie booms out or Cashin or Nelson feels like a huge sigh of relief where you just ride the wave for a little bit longer. Um, they were all fantastic, but clearly Nelson and Cashin will get the plaudits. But how good was that 
defensive display from you generally, do you think? Because they're, they're forming a pr- really formidable partnership, aren't they, those two? Yeah, well, obviously, we've talked about the, the centre-backs, but once you've got once you had Ryan Nyambi back, and we have missed him, I think, even though we've, we've still been picking up the results. Um, but we conceded a couple of daft goals that we wouldn't have, I doubt we would have conceded if Nyambi had been a right back. And I think he's... Those two are both incredibly solid. I think Nyambe and Forsyth, I think just the, the back four in general, I think you're going to struggle to get a better back four at this level. Um, I'd be sh- shocked if there was one. And the defensive record really kind of kind of just, just proves that uh, sort of thesis, if you like. I think it's worth pointing out that I think we conceded nine goals in the first seven games. So do the maths. We've only conceded something like 16 in total. So we've barely conceded a goal in, in months, which is incredible. So yeah, the back four is the the bedrock for everything. Um, I think Fozzy, obviously, you know, he's stuck with us through thick and thin, and generally thin. Um, and you know, despite all the madness and chaos, he was always there, and you know, always reliable when fit. And he's now fingers crossed again, hex in it, but he's been fit for a long time, hasn't he? And he's just been Mister Dependable at left back, and you never, you never worry too much, you know, when he's there because all right, he's he's not the quickest anymore, and you know. But he, he can still put in a fizz in a decent cross. Um, and he actually scored. I mean, he scored a good goal today, getting in the box. And it was a shame uh, that it got it got chalked off, unfortunately. But, it, you know, he was in the box and, and he's, he is impacting at, at both ends of the pitch. You've got, you've got to give him credit, haven't you? Because, like, he doesn't really seem to have changed his playing style at all in the 10 years he's been at the club. Like, really. Like, if you... If he, if he showed his clips in isolation and him getting up and down, whipping in those crosses popping up at set pieces, like, you know, getting on the end of stuff in, in in the opposition penalty area, you wouldn't really be able to tell if it was 2014 or 2019 or 2023, would you? Like, he's just been absolute Mr. Consistent 7 out of 10 for, for a decade. Yeah, he knows his strengths and weaknesses. He doesn't try and do things he can't do. He's he's very left-footed, obviously, so he just he uses that. He plays on that. Uh, and he he simply keeps it simple. My dad always used to say, do the simple things, do them well. And that's what he tries to do. And I think you could kind of say that of Nyambe a little bit as well. You know, he's a very solid defender. Um, Nyambe's obviously got that bit more pace, uh, which is extremely helpful um, in terms of sort of recovering because he will go forward, and but he's got the pace to get back. Um, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like kind of all of those four deserve massive credit, I think, for the way that they've performed. Um, and as a unit, I think they're really coherent. And, you know, given that I think one, we, we know that one wanted to go with a back three, actually to have developed a back four this excellent, I think is uh, is is good pragmatic coaching. Okay, it didn't quite work with the back three, but we've got the players to do, you know, do something a little bit different and do it really well. Yeah, and on Nyambi as well. Um, <laughs> loved the uh, Christmas Day tweets. I shouldn't really have been on Twitter on Christmas Day, but you know the, the food was in the oven and I was just bored on my phone in the kitchen. Uh, new contracts for him until 2025. Um, I do have issues with them tweeting a video of a contract under a Christmas tree. Can't, can't really see a situation in, in, in which that would happen, but you know I'm nitpicking. Um, <laughs> what a signing. Yeah. What a signing he is! Like, I mean, I watched. I paid really close attention to him today, and he's just such a solid, sharp, consistent, good operator, and amazing, really, that we've got him in this division. The only issue, clearly, is him going to the African Cup of Nations in the new year. Um, I think I saw a post uh, saying that he's, his last game will be Peterborough 
on New Year's Day, and then uh, the and then Afcon starts on January the thirteenth and goes on till February the eleventh. So, if uh, and I believe it's quite unlikely Namibia do get to the final of Afcon, he misses seven games, I think, which are Fleetwood away, Burton at home, Lincoln away, Reading away, Cheltenham at home, Charlton away and Shrewsbury at home. Uh, on the plus side, I guess, Ollie, none of those games are really against the the big beasts in League One, as it were, but I do just, you know, we're not going to have him, and I do just worry a bit about Joe Ward at right back, especially with the, if he, you know, drops the sort of clangers he did against against Lincoln with that penalty he gave away. My God, yeah. Yeah, that... Um... That didn't inspire confidence at all. Um, I think it's a funny one, isn't it? Because Wilson and Ward, I guess you would both call them wing-backs, really. Obviously, recruit him again for a back three. So neither of them are what you call old-fashioned, you know, full-backs, are they? They're both basically forward-thinking players. So what you gain in a little bit of flair and maybe a little bit of impact in the final third, you may be losing that solidity of of Mayambe. So neither of them are going to give you as... um, reassuring a presence at the back, that is for sure. Um, but I think Kane Wilson is a massive plus this season. I probably probably playing further forward suits him a little bit more. So we're going to have to find a way of making that work, I think. I'm, I'm struggling off the top of my head to think if we've got somebody else who could slot in at right back. So one of them's going to have to do the job and do it well. Um, you know, ultimately... I guess if they go forward, combine really well as a duo um, and create some goals, then hopefully that will sort of more than make up for any uh, little ricks. I mean, obviously, yeah, we were all upset, obviously, because Ward made a very poor decision um, diving in for that penalty, that tackle. And then, in a game, and then there you go. It was like Lincoln hadn't really had a, a chance or a kick that I can recall. We'd been very, very solid, very, very happy with the way that we played. And then all of a sudden you do that right on the halftime whistle. Uh, and he just knocked the air out of everything. But fortunately, we well, Wilson then came on, didn't he? And um, and sort of helped turn the game in our favour with his trickery and, and actually a headed goal, which is the biggest shock ever because, you know, for all of his like twinkle toes, I, I wasn't expecting him to to uh, score a header kind of ever, really. So that was amazing. But yeah, I think those two, obviously, they they have very, very different attributes to Nyambe. So they're going to be, we, are, we will be a slightly different side without him. Um, hopefully we'll carry enough threat going forward um, to sort of make up for any any loss of sort of balance at the back. Funny with the Lincoln game, like it was quite bizarre to see Wilson Poppy up on the edge of that cross and when it, you know, when the ball went in and someone celebrated, I did, did not expect to see him wheeling away. Um, also really enjoying those Mendes Lang outside of the foot crosses again. Phil on our uh, uh, on, on our last podcast flagged it as he got the assist with one at Port Vale and then chucked in another one the week after that. Such a simple little change to his game that is really, really reaping rewards, isn't it? Often it's, you can overthink football, can't you, sometimes, when it's often just a case of trying a different technique. Well, I think he's one of the players we've got who's very much one-footed, so he's just found a way of working around that. Um, you know, I think, you know, Fozzie wouldn't try and do much with his right foot. Mendes doesn't try and do much with his left. Um, probably there's a few a few other players who are in the, in the same boat, really. I think Barkay's and probably today, you know, 
couldn't score that goal because he's not really got a left foot to speak of, you know. Uh, if he's got any sort of left foot, that's a very straightforward finish. So, again, it's, well, working around your limitations, I guess. But, yeah, for Mendes, those scoop outside of the foot um, crosses are pretty are pretty ace to see. They're pretty amazing. It's, it's a very, uh, it's a real good workaround for the fact that he's got no left foot. <laughs> we'll take it all day long. Um, look, before we go to part two i wanted to ask you about erin cashin absolutely majestic today and really good against lincoln as well actually one incredible goal line block or or last ditch tackle i think he put in against lincoln which which basically literally saved us from conceding uh and yeah header after header today um he was spraying about a lot of those big diagonals and booming balls which i'm not always a massive fan of but look it comes down to this ollie next month We've got a battle on our hands to keep him. Um, we all know that Brighton came in for him in uh, a few months ago, put in a couple of bids, didn't quite work out, uh, went down to the wire. So I don't know. I just wonder how you think it's going to shake out. Because I mean, it's that classic age-old dilemma for, for Cashin, really. Like, look, there is going to be interest. I don't think any Derby fan can deny that. So for Cashin, it's like, look, stay at Derby sign a new deal, play every single week, every minute of every game, carry on developing, carry on improving, as he has done. So let's not forget just how far he's come as a player in a couple of years and potentially get a promotion under your belt, you know, and everything that comes with that. Or alternatively, you do make the move. You obviously get a big salary bump, probably triple your wages. You play with better players in better facilities, under better coaches. but Every game, you only get, what, a few minutes at the most. You maybe not even make the squad, possibly loaned out again. There's no guarantee that you're going to slot straight in. And maybe, if I'm being cynical and with my derby hat on, you see your career stagnate a bit. I don't know. I mean, how do you see it? How do you see it shaking out with with cash in in January? Um, I've never really felt realistically that we've got much chance of hanging on to him, to be honest. I just feel like... You know, once you've got Premier League interest in a player, you know how do you how would you convince them not to go? I, I think it would be, you know, almost foolish of him not to because you know the opportunity only comes once. You know, you're talking about um, potentially life changing. I know obviously he'll be doing all right for himself at Derby, but it's not the same going to a Premier League club. Um, I just think if Brighton are very, if Brighton have, and I'm sure they will have. I don't see why they wouldn't have. If Brighton have maintained their interest in him, then almost certainly he'll, he'll come back and, and, and I would have thought he'll go. The, I know a lot of people have hoped that if that does happen, we could get a loan back. But that again, that depends. I mean, they might not particularly want him to come and play in League One. They might want to see him in the Championship. Um, so, you know, I think if the... And clearly the interest is real. We know there was a, 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 a reasonable bid, wasn't there? And, and um, it didn't happen. And I think, yeah, I, I just don't see how we can get him to stay. I think, you know, he'd, he'd be taking a gamble, you know, on us getting promoted, which may or may not happen. And then in the summer, you know, maybe the opportunity's gone. So I'm not giving myself much hope that he'll stay. I feel like he'll go. Um, obviously, I'm desperate to see him stay because I love watching him play. He's a joy to watch. I, you know, I, I do like his passing. His progressive passing is amazing. Like the way he'll pick the ball up and and knock it through the lines of accuracy. And he, he doesn't have the, you know, he has the the bravery to try um, an expansive pass. And yes, they don't work every time. Um, 
but I think he is such an asset and he's he's miles, surely miles the best defender operator at this level. So he's too good for the level. I think the same is the case of Max Bird. And you talk of career stagnating, obviously the you know, if you stay at Derby you know, does your career stagnate, you know, without Derby hats off, you know, could they, should they be playing at a higher level? Both those players, yes, they should. Could they do it quite quickly? Well, cash, Premier League, don't know. Uh, Championship, yes. Bird, championship, yes. So they're certainly playing below the level. So it becomes really hard. And obviously there's, you know, we're all desperate to see us get promoted this season. Maybe the way that Bird and Cash end up contributing to that actually is to put millions of pounds into the bank. I don't know, and I, I, my heart wants them both here forever. To be honest, because of course, I, yeah. you know, I just absolutely love them both as players. I think they're fantastic, and you know, we have given them the opportunities. Obviously, getting relegated. I mean, you know, Aaron Cashin a couple of seasons ago, I saw him play at Notts County in a friendly, um, and he was like a you know absolute baby at that time. And I did hear from uh, one of my sources close to the club biscuit and all that, but I was told reliably that he was very nearly released. And there was a last-minute change of heart to give him new terms, but at one point he was he was gonna he was gonna be released. So we almost lost him entirely, um, if if what I'm told is true. So uh, yeah, it's it's just been a remarkable development over the last couple of seasons. From and especially given that he's only well, I don't know how tall he is, but he, he seems very short for a centre back. But that does not have any impact on his game at all. You know, he's he's brave. He goes and wins the ball. He, he doesn't. He can seem to aerial. He seems to get up, even though he's not the tallest. Um, tackling, spot on. You know, there's very little wrong with his game, is there? So I think he's going to get better and better and better. How old is he? Maybe he's, I've lost track of how old he is, but he's still not very old. So to be playing as a centre back week in week out at any level at such a young age is testament to just how good he is, and he's going to get better. I can confirm that he's 22. Not because I knew that, because I've just googled it. Um, but. <laughs> but think about Matt Clark um, out of just as a sort of play devil's advocate to myself. I was Obviously, thinking about Matt Clark, funnily enough, actually, yeah, because he's a classic example, isn't he, of, of what can happen. But I guess it just comes down to who, how good that player is in the first place. Like, But you've got to back yourself, haven't you? I mean, if you're a professional footballer, then you do, you know, you're going to have a lot of confidence in your own ability. You have to. So I think if the opportunity comes, I think you're going to want to take it. And, and also to, another factor is his... Um, Republic of Ireland, you know, they're not going to want to see him play in League One. They would want to see him play in minimum champ. So, you know, they want to, you know, if he's got international um, ambitions, which obviously he will have, then again, he's got to think about that too. I'm not completely resigned to him going, but I'm very, very fearful. Um, but, you know, look, stranger things have happened. Maybe he will stay. Maybe he really, really loves More Farm. Um, who knows? And Paul Warns sense of humour. Um, we'll see how it shakes out in the next month. Uh, look, we're going to come back in a second on SPW, but uh, before we do, over on the Patreon this month, uh, Tom was over at the DW today uh, and he t- he's uh, churned out a fantastic match day video diary from the 1-0 win. Um, so here's a little snippet of his uh, very loud, prepare yourselves, reaction to uh, Derby's winning goal on Boxing Day.
Lovely old stuff there. So uh, I'll be putting that one together very soon and that'll be on our Patreon in video form. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Steve Bloomers Washing. Hi, I'm Nathaniel Mendes Lang and you're listening to Steve Bloomers Washing. One shot the target here and he's beaten Marshall to it. It must be. It is. And it's the little Italian again. Against the run of play, but they'll accept it. And it was Marshall's mistake that allowed one chop to make the cross. And Bayano did the rest. There we go then. Uh, from Leicester away in 97-98, I think that one. Or 96-97, one of the two. From the SBW video vault. Uh, Ollie, we are, we've got one more game. Biblically big, as you've said, of 2023. <laughs> Oxford away on the 29th. But 2023 is basically wrapped up for Derby County. Uh, I did a few maths, did a bit of, did a few sums. One twenty-three, drew nine, lost 12 in the calendar year. I mean, basically meaningless information because it was over the course of two seasons, but let's do a little best and worst. Uh, it's been a, it's been a funny old year in, in, in some, in some respects, the classic heroic Derby County failure at the end of the season in not reaching the playoffs, but uh, plenty of good results along the way. I was looking back over it and the results we had, I think, I do still think the best moment for me was Port Vale away in January. Um, (laughs) So long ago. But I just think, uh, I just remember how I thought at the time and it was on, it was part of the big run. And I just thought, you know, look, this this could be the game. Like I, I really thought that Derby team had something when we won that game in those circumstances. And it just looked absolutely amazing beyond that goal we've talked about it quite a few times on the podcast um so that was probably my highlights I mean sticking four past Peterborough earlier this season that was that was up there for me like because I've never really seen us do well at that ground Blackpool was great and then worst moments I I think it comes down to like a two-week period for me which included getting gubbed by Barnsley away and then losing to Plymouth about 10 days later so getting smacked, getting getting done in by Barnsley four one, uh, so getting getting hammered and then losing to Plymouth with that with a dive. Um, so I, I just think that period in like late February, early March was just when I just sort of thought, yeah, you know what, I'm not sure this team have got enough about them to either luck or ability or physicality or all three to to make it into the playoffs or, or do more. Uh, so that was quite a crushing uh, <laughs> couple of games. Yeah. Um, what were your highs and lows from the year that was? Well, obviously the Port Vale game. I mean, I asked, yeah, I asked my buddies on Patreon, and, and pretty much unanimously they came back with Vale because you just don't see comebacks like that really ever. It's it was wild, and um, the funniest thing about it was obviously we have a WhatsApp group, and some of the guys were there, and. Um, one of my friends, Jimmy, had sent a message. I think it was about, it was quite near the end, wasn't it? That, um, and obviously Vale, I can't remember exactly when Vale scored, but about 15 minutes from the end, he sent a message saying, just get me out of here. I just need a teleporter. Just get me out of this ground. Get me out of this sh- shit old ground and like just out of out of Burslem and this end of the world place we're in. Just get me out of here. And then obviously we had to cancel his teleporter, which was, you know, it's very much um, <laughs> what he was, you know, it was not expected. So, yeah, I think when you get writhing away ends like that, you know, it's 
it's something to see. So yeah, I think I've been lucky enough to be in one or two bedlam away ends as we all have. And by the way, I loved that audio clip um, from your man. Was it Tom? It was uh, absolutely excellent. That that really that put a massive grin on my face. There's nothing like it. So yeah, so I think the Vale one from a sort of result and craziness put perspective was a was a cracker. I think I would say in my highlights reel, not not really I, I was trying to struggling to think of many games, but I think just generally watching David McGoldrick, I think yeah. was my was one of my yeah. big big ones that just it's just his unreal ability, basically. It was like it's kind of like unearthly skills. You know, he's no pace, and yet he could still glide past half a. And it's I don't, I'm not even sort of you know waxing lyrical here. He just could just take the ball away from three players, and yeah. didn't seem to, you know without changing pace. It wasn't like a Mendes Lang where he's just you know it's all about those raw physical kind of uh, prowess. It's all about his just technique and just gliding around the pitch. Exeter away for me was actually a low key. Did see highlight the free kick that he smashed in late on. But I think that just really summed up his like vision and, and calmness and, and class, you know, uh, it, it was, it was an absolute pleasure to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. He really was. And it was a hammer blow for him to go. Um, but I think fortunately we seem to have got to a point where we, you know, we've got a decent team in his absence, but um, which kind of leads me on, actually, I could, I could go on about Patizzi all day, but I won't. Um, it kind of leads me on to, I was going to say about recruitment, actually, because we, we've talked about Curtis Nelson, who obviously has been an absolutely terrific signing. Um, but also you could talk about Kane Wilson, you could talk about Ryan Nembe. You're talking about an improvement, a massive improvement in the quality of the players that we're bringing in. Gradually, it's getting better. I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, to use Paul Warren's words, honking signings will be in there as well. And, you know, not every signing's come off that they never do, but generally the signings have been pretty sensible. Um, they've been decent quality for the level. Um, you could also see the sense in majority of the signings, um, you know, and there's more to come from some of them for sure. Like Tyrese John Jules, for example, uh, hopefully. So, yeah, I think, I think generally that, that is a, a real kind of um, tick in a box for me that the, the recruitment feels like it's getting to a point where it's sensible and it, it's, it's going to be, we're going to be bringing in better players. And I think January obviously is a massive opportunity to, because we need a couple more in, uh, even if Cashin and Bird ma- magically didn't go, we'd still need a couple in. So we've got to get the right ones. Um, but I feel like we're getting that right more, um, which is really important. Um, and I did have a last one, which is just <laughs> completely gone out of my head. But um, over, overall, I think just the positive of this year in general has been the complete lack of chaos. I think the stability that has come back to the club, at, which was all over the place for years and obviously very nearly died. Um, so I think to be in a position where we are in the luxury of the luxurious position of just being able to talk about football, not having to learn new words like amortization and uh, God knows what else legal terminology we were sort of dragged through by Quantumar, who are. Do you know what? That's one of the most stressful parts of admin for me like trying to get my head around this legalese stuff that I just there was no need for me to ever understand you know all of us were just thrust into a world of um of of terms that we just didn't have to have any knowledge of and I'm so glad that I don't have to take up any brain space trying to work trying to understand those concepts anymore 
No, we just rock up at Pride Park or we go away, we away, and we we just go enjoy looking forward to the game. And you know, I barely understand football, let alone uh, you know, let alone <laughs> exactly. league leagues. <laughs> exactly, that's not you know, that's it. It's like you know, there's hundred. We would you know presented with these hundred word, hundred hundred word. I wish they were hundred word, hundred page you know, dense legal judgments, you know, and then we're sort of like, you know, we're almost getting to the point where, you know, the, the sports lawyer, Nick DeMarco needs his own bloody squad number, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. So that, for that to be receding into the background as a, a presence in Derby County history and his saga, I think now we're in a calmer place and that is the kind of situation from which you can build a decent club. And we will get, we will get back to, the championship sooner rather than later, it will happen. And because when Derby County is reasonably well run, it it has to be at least in the championship at least. So we'll get there. And I think generally the 2023 has not been a sensational year. It's not been a terrible year. I think the stats you pointed out, the calendar year results, I think is is useful because actually when, uh, recently I heard about Chelsea had only got like something like 42 points in the calendar year and had only won back-to-back games twice which is absolutely insane when you can you know the money that's been lavished and and that points to a, a wider problem whereas with when the derby sort of you did that that sort of number crunching and derby had won more than half the games i think so you know it, we're winning games we're in a you know we're in an okay shape we've not come down in a mess you know we've we've come down stabilized and now pushing back up so um i think actually that is that shows that it's been an overall without being sensational, without being stellar, without being spectacular in any way, really, unless Didsy was banging in hat tricks. You know, it's been a good year. I'd agree. Yeah, not a vintage, but no. a passable year. And I think in terms of recent history, we're all absolutely happy with that. Look, speaking of recent history, you've written another book, haven't you? Coming home. Uh, we, I've had a bit of a read of it myself um, and uh, I've, I've read your two previous ones as well. It's a really interesting one, really, because you've uh, you've chronicled the Mel Morris years uh, twice before in the Tens and Nervous volumes one and two, um, but this one was a different format, really, like much more uh, much more personal and some uh, very um, very clear nods and passages relating to your own mental health caused by the administration process as well. I mean, what was the inspiration behind? coming home then and how hard was it to to put to put to paper those those sort of mental challenges that you faced so in the background um i moved back to the east midlands um from i used to live in well i used to live in manchester uh, which is an amazing city and then moved out to west yorkshire with my wife um and we lived right at the top of the peak district um and eventually covid obviously hit and we realized that we felt incredibly isolated up there and we wanted to come home. So decision was made to move back to Leicester, which is where my wife's from. And we moved back to Leicester in February 2021. So one of the many benefits of that for me was think, I thinking, oh, well, I can get a season ticket once we're allowed to go back. So I'm thinking, okay, so I can get myself a season ticket. But then the start of the season came around and I couldn't get a season ticket because they weren't on sale and <laughs> we weren't allowed to get a season ticket because the club was in such a state that they weren't allowed to put them on sale. So, um, yeah. So coming home in the sense that obviously literally, literally coming home, but also it felt like coming home 
walking to Pride Park always feels like, and walking to the baseball ground did too. It, it, every time, it always feels like a sort of homecoming in a, in a way. Um, so there was that element to it. Um, there was also England getting to the final of the European Championships, which immediately brought up the Badil and Skinner song. Um, and then obviously England lost, so that didn't quite work out. Uh, I'd moved back to Leicester, not Derby. So again, not quite coming home. And then also uh, I couldn't get a bloody season ticket. So it was like kind of, it was a strange quasi coming home, if that makes any sense at all. So it, it felt like all these things are trying to get home. I feel like we wanted to get, we wanted to get home. We wanted to come home. And then, then we were sort of, you know, of all the seasons, you know, this is the season when we get plunged into administration. So the next thing you know, you're kind of like this existential threat comes up. Um, and unfortunately, in the background, and I think it wasn't, I have to, it's important to stress a couple of things, really. A, the book is chiefly about Derby County, not my anything else. But obviously, we weave in these elements. Um, the mental health problems I had weren't triggered by Derby County related problems, but it didn't help. It really didn't help. Um, I just felt like this period of the club's history, and I will keep writing about the club's history, um, but this particular period, I just felt like it was impossible to write about it without also writing about myself personally, because it was deeply personal. And I know because I spoke to so many like my friends, uh, guys on the WhatsApp, the Patreon WhatsApp, even just on open social media, people were pouring their hearts out. Um, we all felt it. We all felt it very, very deeply indeed. We all knew it brought it into the sharpest possible focus what this football club meant to us, to our lives, to the rhythm of our lives. Um, you know, it's everything to us. And so I didn't feel like I could write a book about Derby County and administration and at risk of, you know, extinction without writing about my dad, who is a South Stand nutter. And is like he stands right under the scoreboard. So if, if you ever see the scoreboard on Sky Sports, you'll probably see my old man up there. So he's up there, you know, my, my and then obviously writing about my little lad because, you know, you've got kids, Chris, and I'm sure anybody with kids will will, will feel like, well, this is something I'm hopefully going to pass on to them if they've got the vaguest interest. Well, all of a sudden it's like, well, am I even going to have a club to pass on to Gene? You know, or what do I do? You know, like I'm not going to take him to see Leicester, for God's sake. So, you know, it, it's just, it it made... You know, football's always been. You know, it's the old the old saying, isn't it? About it's more important than life and death. It's not just. It's not just. It's just. A, it's not just a game, is it? it? It's 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 so fundamental to our lives as 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 it's crucial to us. So I just didn't feel like I could write just about Derby when so much was at stake. And so yeah, so I did. I did. You know, write about my relationship with my dad. Which I mean, my relationship with my dad is is wrapped up in football, you know. He'll ring me up after a game that we've lost. Not he won't ring he won't ring me if we've won. And people people might relate to this. It's a bit like the phone in Raider Derby. Nobody ever rings up if we won. <laughs> if it's going well. Yeah. Exactly. But if we've lost, he'll ring me up and he'll have a 15 minute vent and then he'll be like, So how are you? And it's like, yeah, we you know, and I always know I can just message him about the game, anything, you know, like anything else, it's like, oh yeah, it'll sort itself out. But we, you know, we it, 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 the point I'm making is cross generations across every barrier you could think of. It's the one thing that brings us all together. And that's why the 10,000 strong March, you know, was so important. And, um, you know, it, 
yeah. So I think I think it was just it. Maybe it's a one-off. I don't know. I'm not going to sort of. I might not try and become the new Nick Hornby or something. And like you know, and I'm certainly not going to do like tell-all confessional autobiographies and stuff. And I don't intend to have any further you know mental health issues. I'm absolutely you know very fortunately. I feel 100% fine these days. You know, I've got phenomenal support. So I'm very fortunate with that. But yeah, maybe I won't ever write a book like this again. I don't know. It might just be a capsule of a moment in time. I think it was. It felt important to me that the the impact of potentially losing the club was documented. I think you know. Look, the the reason it's a unique book is because you're chronicling how you felt at the time, and 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 people will look. Derby fans will look back on that period and frame it through the prism of how it made them feel at the time. Like, and, and this book isn't just like a sort of what happened in X season, like match two, two, one win, match three, four, one loss or whatever. It's like, it, it does really bring home the emotions that we felt like the anxiety and the uncertainty and the helplessness. Uh, you know, I, I sat on my sofa during the, the, the worst times of that and sort of said to my wife, like, um, you know, a bloody statement that Derby put out like we might not I don't know if I might ever have a club in a few weeks time and sort of fretting when I was trying to get to sleep waiting for something on Twitter and then fretting as soon as I woke up and getting my phone straight away and the doom scrolling and I think it's really important to to crystallize how you felt because it's how a lot of other people felt but um no look I think the most important question is from this book Ollie um have you won the battle to convince Gene to support Derby? And not Leicester. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, he's still too little. I, I did a poll because I wanted to um, sort of reassure myself um, who, what sort of age people started going to games. And people said in general, the poll was pretty convincing, actually. It was six to ten was okay. when people started going to games. Okay. So he's five. So at the moment, he is too little, um, I, in my judgment. I have taken him to I have taken him to the King Power to see Leicester v Derby under twenty ones, and he did he did forty five minutes. They just ask about everything, so you, you sort of like you have to strip it right back to the very fundamentals. Like why? Who's that? Why are they doing that? Like why does a goalkeeper wear a different color? Yeah, everything. You, know, you have to explain everything to every element to him. And after a point, they get exhausted with all the questions they're asking. I think so. It's a lot to take in. I had that today as well. I was like, if you can picture the scene, I was like watching the second half of the Wigan game and like what sort of watching it through my fingers in the last 20 minutes when we're, when we're hanging on a bit for a one nil win. And my, my, my four-year-old daughter was ch- sat next to me saying, Daddy, who's, who's that man with the bag? Oh, that's, that's the physio. Uh, who's the man in yellow? That's, that's our goalkeeper. What's his name? He's called Joe Wildsmith. Okay. Daddy, does the king watch football matches? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as you know, having to hold it together, not to not to lose my, uh, you know, not to lose lose things there. But if people want to buy the book, and I, I saw literally, you'll be pleased to hear this. One of our uh, patrons got it for Christmas, so that's another, that's another sale in the bank. Cha-ching! <laughs> um, how do they? What's the best place to get it from? Yeah, it's uh, the, if you go on my uh, ex artist, formerly known as Twitter. Um, it's a pin. There's a pin tweet with the links. Um, it's they're self-published, so they're via Amazon's publishing service. Um, you know, it's the evil empire and all that, but it is it is, facilitates it. So yeah. So if you go onto the X Twitter, which is uh, Twitter.com/slash Derby County Blog, um, you get the links there. Or if you go on www.derbycountyblog.com, uh, you should find the the link from there as well. 
Um, so yeah, so you can pick it up that way. Lovely. Coming home uh, from Ollie, fantastic stuff. So do make sure you check it out. Um, we check in on this every so often, just before we go, Ollie. 11 points watch, an important topic for most Derby fans. Some people don't care. I care. Yeah. And I'll continue to care about this because yeah. it's just uh, part of our history, whether we like it or not. It looks like it's gone again this season. It's about to go. For a few minutes today, actually, it had gone because Sheffield United were winning, but then they lost. So they're back on nine and rock bottom, but they're going to beat it at some point. And it just, it happens every single season, doesn't it? Like we have the same conversation. It's literally an ongoing Twitter thread that I update every year. Like Norwich, could they do it? Nottingham Forest, could they do it? Huddersfield, could they do it? Burnley, could they do it? Sheffield United, could they do it? Burnley again, could they do it? <laughs> and so it's, it's not going to happen again. It never does happen. I actually got to the point recently where I I asked our followers on social a world event which is probably going to happen before a Premier League team gets 11 points or fewer. Uh, some of the responses here, we had uh, Andy Margett said, Mel Morris will repay everyone he owes money to in full uh, before Derby count, before anyone else gets 11 points. Ryan said, Derby will get over a million pounds for an academy products before anyone gets 11 points. A bit close to the bone, that one. And uh, Mick Yates said, the Titanic will emerge unscathed from the Bermuda Triangle before any team ever gets fewer than 11 points uh it's, it's just not going to happen is it in our lifetime i was foolish enough to hope that sheffield united might be dysfunctional enough and they're not um so i think that demonstrates it they came into this season you know manifestly not good enough um obviously you know manager not really comfortable uh, squad looking pretty ropey sold the best players didn't replace them it was looked like a recipe for well, it was certainly a recipe for relegation, possibly a relegate, a, you know, a, you know, a challenger for our status. But it looks like they've had to, they've g- had they've had Willisula up front for half their games this season. It wasn't even good enough for us, and they and they still managed nine points. I think that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Exactly. I think you will never get. A, it was a constellation of of cock ups and just you know that we obviously what you would you need the recipe you'd need would just be oh well there's no such recipe it was such a one-off um a one-off season because you will never again get um a, you know those those circumstances coming together to make something so bad um you know every decision had to be wrong and it was every every single decision you know right from the minute we got promoted with davis gobbing off Engineering his dismissal, you know, signing dreadful players in that in the summer and moaning that he didn't have more money to buy more dross, getting himself sacked, Jewel, I mean, getting Paul Jewel in, you know, Jewel then dismantling the inept team so that he could bring in a bunch of guys who couldn't have given flying monkeys, you know, and were just literally, it was almost a weird like. I don't know if you remember, there was one year when Doncaster Rovers had turned their team into an experiment where basically like they got an, an agent involved and he brought in all these free agents who were sort of big names. And the idea was they were putting themselves in the shop window. So all of a sudden you had like Pascal Chimbonda and El Hadj Juf playing for Doncaster. I do remember the championship. that, yeah. And it yeah. went horribly, horribly, horribly wrong and they got relegated. And it was like 
yeah, we had a similar sort of situation where we had all these guys come in on short-term contracts who were kind of there on the basis that they were being in the shop window or something like that, but they weren't yeah. there because they cared and they weren't, there was no, there was no team spirit. There was no ethos. Are you trying to tell me that Lauren Robert and Hossam Ghali didn't, didn't bleed Derby County? I know Hossam's dad was from Chad <laughs> and, 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 you know, but you know, yeah, exactly. It was, it was a mess. You know, you, 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 t- you ripped out the, the bait. Yeah. You know, there were very few good players in the team anyway. There was obviously Stevie Howard and Matt Oakley and, Oh, that's about it really wasn't it and they got rid of them so then then we were screwed so yeah i just i can't see how it, i mean it possible you never know but like how could anybody ever come up a that unprepared and b then somehow manage to drain away anything that was like promotion worthy any in the first place you know i think if sheffield united can kind of quite comfortably get past it it's going to be a long time before anybody's that bad again. Yeah, I'm looking at the championship table now and the teams in the top six have all got solid recent Premier League experience. So, yeah. uh, you know, look, let's wait till August and then we'll all pretend that we think it's going to happen again <laughs> and <laughs> we'll take it from well, there. One, one thing I would say is, obviously, some people probably would have looked at Luton and thought, oh, well, maybe Luton. But what they've demonstrated is actually, if you go up with a decent, not, you know, they're never going to have the world's, you know, greatest players and never going to have Mo Salah up front or whatever but you know they've gone up with a, a plan um, you know a squad that believed um, an ethos um, togetherness all that stuff you know everything about the club is positive you know and no they probably won't stay up but they're not going to embarrass themselves you know because they've gone up with a, a clear identity sense of who they are um, and obviously in that season Derby County did not have that and that was why we were so inept but um, yeah, I think that's a demonstration as well of what is possible, actually. You know, if you've got a club in the right state, you can transcend, you know, you can go beyond your uh, so-called limitations because football is so stratified now. I mean, you just mentioned there, you know, the top clubs in the championship, you would expect them to be former Premier League clubs with big budgets and parachute payments. So there is that stratification. But if you're well run, you've got the right people in the right roles and you've got everybody pulling then you you can you can still do it just about you can still do it. I don't think Luton will survive, but I would love them to, and I'm really glad that they've already sort of waltzed past eleven points. And I think, you know, I'd love obviously it'd be fantastic if they put a great run together and got above Forest. Let's hope they can do that. It's uh, yeah, wise words to finish with. I think uh, if Derby County can be run in similar circumstances and get our act together, then maybe, you know, maybe we can emulate Luton. God, imagine saying that five years ago. <laughs> uh, Ollie, look, it's been a pleasure. I do appreciate your time. Uh, I'm heading off to Fleetwood in the new year. That's my next Derby County trip. Very excited about that. Hoping to get to Lincoln as well. Um, so let's wish the boys luck for Oxford. Two massive games, Oxford away, Peterborough at home to finish 22-3 and start 2024. Thanks a lot for joining us. Onwards and upwards, eh? Cheers.